All right. What did you guys talk about last week? Was everybody, not last week, two weeks ago. We talked about the guy who was going in prison and beaten and... Okay, so the name for that is... The guy's name or the name of the West? Well, what's the name of the series? That's what I'm after. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Person? Uh, persecution. Persecution, yeah. Alright, what's the definition of persecution? Uh, going, af uh, going after someone for what they believe in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, we're. Throughout the entire history of the church, the church has been persecuted, right? All the way back. Jesus died, right? <laughs> From the very beginning. Uh, even prosecuted by ourselves. Yes, absolutely. We might even look at some of that. But what we're looking at specifically with this series is modern day persecution. So you talked about a guy named Richard... Richard Wormbrand? Yeah. Do you remember his wife's name? No. No. Mrs. Wormbrand. Mrs. Wormbrand? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sabina? Yeah. Okay. Is this ringing any bells? Yeah. Yes. All right. And uh, where was he? Where were they? Were they in, What's their story? Were they in Germany? Uh, no. They were in actually Romania. Romania. But it was being ruled. Not well, so we'll we'll say like circa World War II, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was thrown in prison and beaten until he was almost dead. Yes. And he didn't die. He didn't want to. Right, and they were like sending people to his wife saying, oh, he's dead. Like I was a prisoner at the camp and I, I watched him be executed and whatnot. And they were trying to break him and they, they let him out <laughs> once and he started preaching. So they put him back in jail, right? Uh, and eventually he left Romania and he became kind of a, a, a force for, uh, you know, preaching that communism and Christianity can't go together, right? That's kind of what he's famous for because he was kind of influential or, you know, was high up in that high society life in the USSR and that's... They turned on him as soon as he became a believer. All right, so that's like 1940s, 1950s. We're gonna get a lot more recent today. All right. Um, today we're going to look at persecution in a little bit different of a way. Uh, it's a little tough to look at this kind of source of persecution in the same way where we can look at Richard Wormbrand because we've got a name. We've got a specific story that we can follow. Uh, today, what we're going to look at is so recent, so recent that it's currently happening, that we don't have enough like distance in time to be like, oh, these are the people and this, these are their stories because it's too new, too recent, too, uh, <clears throat> well, a lot of the stories aren't let out, right? It's uh, not something that anybody talks about because they, it's not good. But today we're going to talk about uh, Eastern Asia, specifically China and North Korea. What do you guys know? 
Isn't the Bible better than North Korea? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And there's actually a story about a like a tourist who accidentally left a Bible like in a public restroom, uh, like forgot it there. It's his personal Bible, and like was beaten and and. Uh, imprisoned for a really long time because he accidentally dropped a Bible behind him. So yeah, it's pretty pretty illegal there. Uh, anything else? Let's, let's look at China first. What do you think China's opinion of religion is? Like, what does it say in their constitution? I don't know. They don't live in China. So I don't care. That's fair. Um, I don't know. What, I, I, I skipped Global 2, so I don't know what they teach about this stuff. I am going to uh, take a global too, so. Um, I took college global. So okay. I'll let you know about this. Uh, I also took college global, but they didn't touch on this kind of stuff. They, yeah. Uh, like, the, my college global was up to 1500, and that was when they stopped. Uh, yeah, because mine like, went in like, World War II stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, so, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think it was like. There's just like one religion that they have there, and it's like a Hindu. Okay, so officially, one. China has five religions. Huh? No, there actually there might be a, a Hindu. I didn't look so much at, at the three that weren't Christian, uh, but Buddhism is definitely one of them. I think Taoism is the other one. Yeah. And then they have uh, Protestantism and Catholicism and uh, a Muslim organization. So, uh, officially, China has a constitution that protects religious freedom, officially. <clears throat> All right. Uh, in fact, they have two Christian national church organizations. They have the TSPM, okay? And any guesses on what this stands for? Uh, you're never, never going to get it. This is the Free Self Patriotic Movement. Is the Free Self like the Holy Spirit, God, the Son, God, the Father? Yes. Yeah, so this is this is alluding to the Trinity. Absolutely. All right, uh, and then you have uh, the CPM. Any guesses on this one? This is the Catholic Patriotic Movement. All right, so these are like the official organizations that the government of China supports, all right? Uh, what do you think about North Korea's official stance on religion is? We kind of talked about how they feel about the Bible. Our religion is Kim Jong-un. Yeah, uh, officially they are atheists, all right? And that is what they enforce, right? They actively squash religion of any kind. However, get this, they've got four churches in the capital city. They've got, or Christian churches at least, right? They've got a Catholic church, two Protestant churches, and a Russian Orthodox church. How do you think that works? Uh, they don't teach the Bible. <laughs> uh, 
That's a good thought, all right? So we'll leave this here and we'll come back to it later. They're atheists, but they have four churches. Okay, so the reality is in both of these countries, there is significant persecution uh, of Christians. Churches that are outside of these few approved uh, movements or organizations are destroyed. Christian graves are uh, defiled and destroyed. Um, Christians themselves are arrested, they're imprisoned, they're beaten, they're executed, Bibles are burnt, all right? And most of this uh, persecution, most of what's going on here is done by the state in a systemic manner, right? Both states, both China and North Korea, Korea are the ones who are carrying out these acts, all right? So let's back up. We can't really talk about the political situation in these countries without talking about communism. Right. What is communism? <clears throat> uh, it's the way that like all the wealth is divided up. Right. It's communal. Yeah. Okay. That's a, a good rough <clears throat> rough estimate. All right. So we talked a little bit last week or last lesson about communism and the first kind of attempt, attempted global scale uh, enactment of that was the USSR. Right. What was what was the USSR? United. I don't even know what the acronym stands for. Uh, yeah. United SS Russia. <laughs> yes, all right. But they were, the, they were the first kind of world power to attempt communist on a global scale. Uh, and they were this conglomerate of many states that operated under the, the general rules and guidelines of Marxism. Marxism and communism are basically the same thing. Uh, Marxism is the, the guy. Communism is the ideal. Anyway. Uh, in the 1940s, China was in a civil war. All right. So that's part of the reason they didn't really participate in World War II, because they were fighting amongst themselves. Uh, the side that won aligned themselves with the USSR. So when the civil war ended in 1949, China becomes a communist nation. This is called the People's Republic of China. This is what they are today, officially. Sounds good, right? Thank you. Do you guys know what their leader's name was? Uh, you know what they Mao Zedong. Yes. Yeah. What do you get? What do you know about that guy? He's pretty prominent in uh, uh, world history. Huh? Okay. Because I know we learned about Red Book. Yes, the Red Book is his like uh, manifesto because he takes Marxist ideals and shifts them a little bit. He makes them applicable to uh, existing like Chinese thoughts like Confucianism Confucianism so like that red book is like a joining of Marxism and Confucianism all right uh, so Mao leads China from 1949 until 1976 all right when he dies and he's got throughout that it's kind of confusing to us because 
number one, we don't have leaders for that long, right? We've got four years or eight years for a president and then they, they move on. And that's part of why our system works a little bit better because there's no such thing as absolute power, uh, theoretically. <laughs> um, so uh, the other thing is you've got this CCP. Here's your other acronym that I'm gonna use a lot. What do you think this stands for? It's the Chinese Communist Party. So think of this like Republicans and Democrats, but China only has one. So what does that mean? There's only one group in power ever. Uh, so essentially since 1949 to today and continuing into the future, the CCP is the organization that holds all of the power, but within that organization, power structure fluctuates a lot. So, but basically the entire time Mao was alive, once it took over, he was in charge, but he had varying degrees of power. I don't know, it's, it's confusing. Anyway, uh, some of the things he did was, uh, the one I'm gonna talk about is this cultural revolution. We already talked about how uh, communism and Christianity don't mix, right? That's something that uh, our friend Richard Wormbrand said. Uh, so Mao Zedong agrees, all right? But he's on the side of communism. So this Cultural Revolution is 1966 to 1976, all right? And in that, the goal of it was to remove all of the seeds of capitalism from China, all right? So guess what Christianity gets labeled? Capitalism. A seed of capitalism, absolutely. It, th think about it this way. Uh, it's not a Eastern-born religion, right? Even though it came out of the Middle East, and that's the East from us, all right? It's still very foreign to, I mean, it's just as foreign to China as it is to here. So because it came from an outside source, it got branded a seed of capitalism. It, it's not something that you and I would think, oh yeah, Christianity, capitalism all day. But that's what it got branded. So for these 10 years, uh, the church was completely persecuted. And I'm talking like the, if you were a believer, you went underground. Uh, if you didn't, or if you were caught, you were tortured, you were beheaded, and there's even talk of cannibalism. Like what it, they did in this 10 years is they created this class structure, and there was such like chaos from the famine that was induced because of, uh, because of communism during this time that people were eating each other. All right, it's a really dark time in history, and if you ever wanna read some scary stuff, look up that, all right? But that is, uh, it basically ended when Mao Zedong died, all right? And everything calmed down. They're like, well, we can't do that again, okay? It was really bad. So in 1982, a few years later, guess what they do? They do it again. They signed a constitution. That sounds good, right? Remember at the beginning I said they have a constitution that protects religious freedom? This is when that becomes a thing. 
However, the CCP is still in power. I don't know how that works. Okay, but I think uh, part of the way the CCP keep uh, stays in power is through the use of propaganda. All right, that red book that you were talking about. One of the kind of overall themes is the belief that a group can stay in power by controlling the psyche of the masses. All right, so the CCP has done that very successfully, all right? So part of this constitution, or part of the vein of that, is creating the aura that the, the people have control, right? There, we have this constitution and we will abide by it, but we can change it whenever we want, all right? Yeah, we have these religious organizations, but we decide what they say from the pulpit every Sunday, all right? So it's this, aura, this falsehood of, yeah, everything's okay, and, you know, giving everybody warm and fuzzy, but it's not actually true freedom, okay? Uh, so what's the next thing that happens? We just signed a constitution in 1982. The TSPM and CPM uh, are kind of recreated at this point. They existed before the Cultural Revolution, but obviously they went away during that Cultural Revolution. They come back, and everything's going okay for Christians. Uh, it's not exactly great, but uh, we do have a legal means of worship. And then in 1991, the USSR dissolves. China gets scared. Why do you think they got scared? Well, not necessarily, uh, but the first experiment of communism just failed, right? And this is who we kind of based our entire governmental structure off of, and it didn't work, right? What, do, what does China do? What would you do if you were in power? Well, maybe. What they did is they sent spies into the USSR to figure out what went wrong. They still held on to the idea that communism is a great thing, but they decided, oh, they must have implemented it poorly. What can we do differently to be successful? Uh, guess what they found? Well, they found a lot of rampant corruption. They found famine. They found poverty. The scientists and thought leaders had all left the country because they were being persecuted and, and not taken seriously, and the, you know they couldn't do research, and their ideas were squashed. Uh, so essentially, there's no like uh, educated class, and there's not enough food to go around. Uh, do you think that's what they told China? Communism doesn't work because it squashes progress. Uh, no, what they said is. We've got a scapegoat, essentially. They blamed it all on religion, right? What's a scapegoat? Oh, it's someone blame for the problems. But, yeah. But it's not like their fault, it's actually your fault. It doesn't necessarily have to be your fault, right? But a scapegoat is something to blame yeah. that isn't really the cause. Isn't that a word? I actually don't know that. I thought it was a word that was made up. 
Maybe. Yeah. I, I see this word come up a lot when we talk about the Holocaust, actually, because yeah. that's how Hitler uh, pinned the Jews, essentially. He blamed uh, them and promoted anti-Semitic ideals. He blamed the Jews for Germany's problems. And that's how he got what happened to happen. All right. Uh, so the spies go out into the USSR and they blame religion as the source of the downfall of the USSR. Essentially what they said is that religion allowed, allowed people to think for themselves and caused them to be independent and not reliant on the state. And uh, which ultimately isn't wrong, right? Or, or, you know, religion does do that for us, right? It allows us to think for ourselves, okay? Uh, and that there is what caused the downfall of the USSR. So we've got USSR fell because of religion. All right? That's what they say, even though it's not necessarily true. It fell for a lot more reasons. So as a result, the CCP becomes an atheist organization. All right? They accept atheism. You're not even allowed to join the party if you attend church. In fact, you have to renounce any belief in a higher power if you are to join the CCP. All right? China still has these organized Catholic and Protestant religions, right? But they are now governed and controlled by atheists. All right? If you look up what the TSPM believes, this is the Protestant one, right? We're, we're Protestants. Uh, it looks a lot like what we believe, like what's posted on their website and everything, all right? Google Translate, it, it is almost word for word what we believe. They believe in the Trinity. They believe in the divine nature of Jesus. They believe that he came to earth and died for our sins, all right? And he rose again and that he's coming again, all right? All of these important tenets of what is true, but there's a lot of reports from people who have escaped China that show that this website and all of this, this is what we believe is just a face, right? In practice, the CCP is abusing Christians, uh, creating this lower class structure for believers. They're burning Bibles and they're making it very hard to practice your faith even in the approved means, all right? So we've got this, yeah, they're protecting religious freedom to have these approved means, but it's not really the reality, right? Let's talk about North Korea for a second, right? A similar situation has resulted in North Korea. I'm sure China and North Korea, their buddies, right, uh, shared all of the information that they got from their spies when they went out and surveyed the USSR. Uh, so in practice, these churches here that we talked about, those churches exist only as like a money laundering scheme for foreigners, right? So whenever North Korea allows... Uh, tourists and essentially they can go to church if they want to right and oh you're here you should donate and so it's basically that's the purpose of it uh, and it's also like a nice face right like if you go there and, and are expecting to find terrible terrible things in North Korea they've got this face put on in the capital city right oh we've got religious institutions here and, and 
you know, things of uh, higher education and whatnot. Uh, but the reality is the citizens don't even know that these churches exist. And if they do go, they're punished for it. All right. So, uh, one of the things I did in prepping for this lesson is I listened to an interview that was recorded in 2023 of a Chinese pastor. Uh, he's in charge of an illegal church in China. All right. Uh, it was on Voice of the Martyrs. He said uh, that despite all of this, despite all of the persecution and what the CCP is doing to squash uh, Christianity, the church in China is growing. All right. So recent changes, there were some changes to that constitution. Remember how I said they can change it whenever they want to, to make, to fit whatever their rules are. Uh, there were some recent changes in 2018 that mean uh, they're not allowed to gather in groups of larger than like 10 anymore, all right? And that was specifically done to limit the underground church, all right? So those who take up leadership positions in the church, they do so with the understanding that they are going to be arrested, all right? It's not an if, it's a when, right? Uh, the practice right now is that like if a policeman finds an underground church, they only arrest the leaders right now, but everybody who's in attendance loses their jobs, all right? Uh, and it's not a question of if, it's a question of when, because the entire uh, country is basically under constant surveillance. They've got security cameras everywhere that are owned by the CCP, and they're keeping track of everybody. They said that COVID was actually a blessing because now they can, they just have a culture of mask wearing, so it's harder to track faces. <laughs> All right, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, so, in this interview, the pastor quoted Ephesians. So open up your Bibles, and we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 4. Yep. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians. It's a really short book. It's like two or three pages. Chapter 4. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Keep going. With all holiness and with and with all Endeavoring. To keep the unity, unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, and even as you one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father over all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Alright, that's a lot of alls. But essentially, this verse means that we all have a job to do, and Paul is saying that we need to walk worthy of doing that job. Right? Uh, but while we're doing that, we can keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So, uh, We've got this community 
right, that we can work with while we're doing it. The community is the church, okay? So if we're having trouble, uh, long-suffering is patience, right, forbearance. If we're having a tough time doing our job, we can find strength in the community that is the church, all right? And the Chinese pastor used these verses to emphasize that community, all right? He said, even in the face of all of this persecution, the underground church in China finds strength and fellowship in the shared love within the church of Jesus Christ, all right? That's how they are dealing with this tough situation, okay? They're coming together and doing the job that they're called to do, all right? They're called to live in this time of persecution and be a light in all of that darkness, okay? And they're ready to do what is asked of them. Uh, so, you know, something that I asked myself, right, when I was thinking about how to put all of this together is what am I asked to do, right? Am I having trouble? It's certainly not like this, right? So maybe think about that as you go about what you're doing every day and, and think about what God has called you to do and, you know, find that strength in the community that we have here uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ. That's all I got, guys. We'll talk about more next week. Thank you much.